Welcome to Economic Development Secrets, where economic developers from across the country spill their secrets to our host, Nicole D'Souza. You'll hear firsthand accounts from economic developers in the trenches, from what works to what doesn't work, how deals come together or how deals go bad. You'll hear everyone's economic development secrets. Welcome to Economic Development Secrets. This month's special guest is Christian Fletcher, Executive Director of the Marble Falls EDC. He shares why his organization decided to transition from a Type A organization to a Type B economic development organization. Christian also discusses what metrics he currently measures and how he shares this information with stakeholders. Here are Christian's economic development secrets. Hi, Christian. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Nicole. Uh, thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Can you start out by telling the audience a little bit about yourself, please? Sure. Uh, Christian Fletcher. Uh, I'm the executive director of the Marble Falls, Texas Economic Development Corporation. I've uh, been in this role since uh, 2011. Uh, prior to that, I was with the uh, Marble Falls Chamber of Commerce, also in the executive director position there. Uh, and Marble Falls is my hometown. It's where I grew up. Uh, it's where my wife grew up as well. My parents still live here. My in-laws live here. I've got brother and sister and nieces and nephews and aunts and uncles and cousins. Uh, so it's it's home and has been for a very long time. And um, it's uh, it's such a, a privilege and an honor for me to to be doing what I'm doing in my in my hometown. So um, I, I will say that Marble Falls as a community has changed a little bit. Uh, when I graduated from high school, I could not wait to leave. Uh, there was nothing going on here. And so I uh, went to North Carolina, did my undergraduate at uh, Duke University, and then from there got a master's from Yale. Uh, but when our older son was born in Connecticut, we couldn't think of a better place to raise our kids than uh, than our hometown. So that's what brought us back and uh, where where we are now. Wonderful. Well, can you tell us a little bit more about Marble Falls? Sure. Um, we are in the Texas Hill Country, about 45 minutes northwest of Austin, uh, about 90 minutes due north of San Antonio. Uh, we've got about 7,000 people in Marble Falls proper, so we're still a, a very small town, but we do have a uh, retail trade area population of about 70. So. We grow quite a bit during the day. Uh, most of that is uh, retail and hospitality oriented uh, activity. But, um, you know, most people, when if they're familiar with Marble Falls and they learn that I'm from Marble Falls, the first words of their mouth out of their mouth is usually, oh, my gosh, I love Marble Falls or it's so beautiful or uh, I'm jealous or, you know, something to that effect. So uh, we, we have a pretty high positive recognition uh, around the state anyway. Um, you know, outside the state of Texas, I think we're, you know, a little lesser known, but that's part of what we're trying to work on is to educate people about uh, what what cool things are going on in the, in the community. What would you say some of the strengths of your organization are? We're, um, I would say we've got a great leadership team. Uh, our board and our council work really well together. Uh, we also have great relationships with our school board and our uh, chamber and our uh, you know realtors association and builders association. 
Um, I would say that we're pretty innovative uh, for a town our size. Uh, part of that is just having some resources to be able to put toward things uh, that most communities our size don't have. But um, we're we're not afraid to learn new things and uh, actually get a lot of, of joy and pleasure out of doing so. Um, but I, I would say that, you know, if you were to ask people what they like doing, they, they like working with the people here and, and everybody's very friendly and open and willing to, uh, to help. Um, you know, there, there are communities not too far from us that have kind of the opposite reputation. So it's a little bit of a breath of fresh air for some people if they're accustomed to doing work in those uh, locations, which I will not name. Uh, how difficult it is to uh, to get deals done to come to a place like Marble Falls where uh, everybody wants to be uh, so helpful and, and open to helping people get where they need to be. Wonderful. Well, and I know we're going to continue talking about Marble Falls, but and you guys have a lot of things going on. I mean, I love seeing your LinkedIn posts of different things happening. I mean, Marble Falls is a happening place. It is. It's uh we kind of enjoy living in both worlds of, of being a small town where when you go to the grocery store, you go to a restaurant, you typically know, you know, maybe a quarter to a third of the people who are in there, but uh, you also see a lot of new people and uh, being in a resort area with the lakes and the hills and the golf and the wineries and all that stuff. Um, you know, you often will see bachelorette parties or bachelor parties uh, at the same establishments. Uh, so it's a fun, you know, comment that my sister-in-law made when she came out for dinner a couple weeks ago. She said, everybody just seems so happy here. And I said, well, most of them are tourists. Uh, so that might explain something. Well, that is a good problem to have. <laughs> so just to give some background information for our next question, can you please tell everyone what the difference is between uh, Texas's Type A and Type B economic development organizations, um, just for our listeners who aren't aware. Sure, I'll give it a shot. Um, very generally speaking, Type A organizations are your more traditional industrial development uh, organizations. They focus on manufacturing and research and development and infrastructure projects, uh, whereas Type Bs can do all of that stuff as well as what you would typically term community development projects. So uh, sporting venues, uh, tourist facilities, uh, even some retail parks. Uh, so it, it's much more oriented toward quality of life investments uh, for type Bs than for the type A's, which were, again, the original kind of focus of economic development or industrial development. Uh, that's that's where it started was with type A organizations in the late 80s, I believe. Perfect. Thank you for that. So uh, piggybacking off of that, can you tell us why your community decided to transition from a type A to a type B EDC? And uh, what did that transition look like? Sure. Uh, so that occurred in 2007 uh, when I was at the Chamber of Commerce. And historically, our, our EDC actually started as a type A uh, industrial development corporation. And we invested in the city's wastewater plant. And we did some higher education training facilities and developed our business and technology park and that kind of stuff. But 
Um, at that time, Marble Falls was really starting to kind of come into its own as um, a destination community. And it just was, it seemed like a better fit for uh, Marble Falls to be a type B rather than a type A. Uh, you know, we're not real well suited for large industrial projects just because we don't have a whole lot of flat, diggable dirt. Uh, we have hills and rock and water and other things. So it just seemed to make sense. And so the Chamber of Commerce uh, actually led um, a little bit of a, a political action committee to educate the public about the differences between type A's and type B's and, and why it would be uh, a better approach for Marble Falls to uh, dissolve the type A and create a type B at the same time. And uh, that uh, measure was put on the ballot and uh, the citizens voted on it in 2007 and it passed uh, overwhelmingly. So we've been a, a B ever since. Very cool. Thank you. That's really neat and very cool to hear about because, I mean, you hear of communities making that transition, but um, I've never actually asked someone what the transition actually looks like. So that was very interesting. Can you please tell us about some of your downtown initiatives and uh, also your business park? Sure. Um, I'll start with uh, actually the business park because that's uh, been a focus for our organization for a longer period of time than uh, downtown has been. So in uh, the late 90s, early 2000s, the EDC purchased 300 acres of property on the north end of town uh, to accommodate, uh, you know, some manufacturing and, and office uh, projects. There was an interesting kind of thing that happened while that was taking place, and that was it, it, it was zoned and platted as an industrial park, and so it, it carried the name through legal documents of being the Marble Falls Industrial Park, but kind of at the last minute, there was a board action to rename the park the Business and Technology Park. So we still struggle with that a little bit in deed records and having to differentiate between our Business and Technology Park, not Industrial Park, and other industrial parks that popped up since then, but that's, uh, that's a sidebar conversation. Anyway, um, we have developed about 100 acres of that 300 thus far. Uh, we are expanding that. Uh, actually, as we speak, we're, we're doing a roadway and utility extension to accommodate some new properties that we have under contract. But we have everything in the park today from um, oil field equipment manufacturers to uh, a very large cable barrier manufacturer. We have network solutions. We have uh, the Department of State Health Services, uh, the Association of Realtors Headquarters Office is up there. Uh, and then the thing that probably generates, not probably, but definitely generates the most traffic uh, in the park is a craft brewery that uh, we brought in uh, back in uh, 2013, 2014 timeframe uh, called Save the World Brewing Company. They are a philanthropic brewery. Uh, fantastic story, uh, great beer. Um, that was a little bit of a of an educational process for the community why we would recruit uh, a brewery to uh, come into the park, but uh, it's been just a, a home run all the way around uh, for what they've been able to do up there. Um, shifting gears to uh, downtown, uh, you know, with Marble Falls still being a small town, downtown is a, a major component of our uh, of our economy. And so if you look at our entire downtown area, 
Uh, it would be in our top four employers in the community as well as uh, top four sales tax generators. Um, we look at it as a tremendous example to capitalize on our best assets because uh, Lake Marble Falls runs right through downtown. We have a historic Main Street district with great old, you know, 130 to 150 year old uh, former bank buildings that have been converted into art galleries and retail shops and things like that. Um, we created a TERS in uh, 2012 after we completed a downtown master plan that had about 25 public projects uh, involved and we needed a funding mechanism to uh, you know, put some public resources toward the things that we wanted to do there. And it's been uh, a huge success. The uh, market value just in the last five years has gone from about 52 million to $89 million. And so we're capturing all that increment to put back into the uh, redevelopment of downtown and uh, really exciting to see some of the improvements taking place on the lake. And uh, we have about a $25 million park improvement plan with a trail system and a boardwalk and a beach and uh, all kinds of stuff going on in there. And uh, one of the things that will really kind of allow a lot of that to happen uh, due to, to the funding impacts is uh, the EDC is currently the public partner in a public-private partnership for a downtown hotel and conference center on uh, land that the EDC purchased back in 2014. And uh, we're working toward uh, about a 150-room hotel with 12,000 square feet of meeting space, uh, of course, full-service restaurant, bar, that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, Marble Falls already kind of leans that way in terms of attracting uh, car clubs and weddings and things like that, and this would just really put people in a in a great position to uh, walk out the front door of the hotel and turn left to go rent a stand up paddleboard or a kayak or a tube, uh, or turn right and go shopping or get something to eat in a really cool, quaint, historic Main Street district, um, which we um, are working on our designation right now. The application has been submitted. Uh, we did hire a downtown coordinator recently that was one of the steps that we needed to take in order to uh, be eligible to be uh, a Main Street community. So we're we're working on that. We think we'd be a great fit, and uh, we'll just cross our fingers and wait to see what happens here in the next couple of months. That is very neat. So it sounds like you're very busy. We are, um, but it's it's good busy. Yeah. It's, um, the kind of stuff that you see uh, the impacts on a daily basis and, mm -hmm. and people seem to be generally excited about things. Yeah, that's great. Well, switching gears a bit, what metrics do you usually measure in your community? Well, we have, um, I'm kind of a data nerd. Um, and so the EDC has become kind of the spokesperson for what's happening in the community as a whole. So we track, uh, you know, sales tax receipts and hotel tax receipts and gross sales and building permits and, and that kind of stuff. And we are not shy about sharing uh, when good things are happening from that, uh, from that standpoint on uh, social media. We, of course, track new businesses through uh, COs issued by the Development Services Department. Uh, and, and we're fortunate in that, you know, we have between, say, 90 and 110 new businesses open in Marble Falls each year. And of those, about 70% of them are locally owned and operated. Uh, and then the other 30% kind of switches back and forth between regional 
operations and national operations. Um, so we do we do track business activity and of course employees. Um, and then on the EDC side, more specifically, of course we uh, use Google Analytics to measure website activity. We also subscribe to a few software programs to kind of see who is on our site, what they're uh, what they're monitoring, and then. Um, you know, we, we track prospects and leads by industry and uh, track our our followers on social media by by platform. And then we kind of package all that and share it with our board on a monthly basis. And then I included all of my presentations and updates that I do for city council and other uh, civic uh, organizations in the community. Very neat. So once you record these metrics, how do you use them and who do you share them with? Well, we we look for trends, um, knowing that one data point does not make a trend. But we, you know, see, for example, on social media when we post video uh, versus static posts, and when we boost posts versus when we don't boost posts, and and just kind of stay actively involved on on monitoring what these, um, you know, if you're going to engage in social media, you kind of need to know. That it is uh, is having a, a result, and so we track that, and it, it helps us each time we're we're deciding how to use social media. Uh, hopefully, to get a little bit better at it every time uh, we we issue a post uh, in the way that we go about um, you know tracking it and uh, making sure that it, it hits the audience that we want it to reach. Wonderful. That's very neat and very helpful for getting information out. And like I mentioned earlier, I mean, I see a lot of your posts too, which is so neat. Then, I mean, I'm seeing what's going on and I'm sure everyone else appreciates it and is able to follow along with what you're doing. Yeah, the nice thing about social media is it's also an internal communication tool that um, we put stuff out to kind of tell people what's happening in the community. Obviously, one of our audiences is going to be external that you know we want people who may not know much about our community to learn about our community but it also tells the people who already live here uh, what's going on and uh, really just what's happening in their backyard i mean the again 7000 people in town and um in in 2018 we surpassed a billion dollars in gross sales activity in the community so we uh, we play outside our weight class in most uh, in most occasions in terms of our economic uh, impact for uh, for a community our size. Well, Christian, I have a few wrap up questions for you. Fire away. Okay. The first is, what is your biggest economic development secret to success for other economic developers out there listening? Well, I don't know if this is the biggest or if it's you know. Ye it would result in automatic success. But one thing that I've enjoyed doing maybe is uh, trying to balance professional development uh, activities between industry specific, uh, you know, TEDC conferences and IEDC conferences and, and courses and that kind of stuff with things that are not related to economic development. And, and the reason I say that is as economic developers, we are storytellers and you know, we, we may not have the best audience if we're telling stories to other economic developers only. Whereas when you go to other professional development 
opportunities that is, you know, interdisciplinary and you get to kind of hone your craft to telling the, the economic development story and the, the impacts that can be made. And, uh, you know, you're talking to people who are concerned about what's happening on a, on a very broad scale. And it has helped me kind of put economic development in a place uh, alongside what, what things they're working on. So, you know, from a practical standpoint, you know, economic development events are not all that great for uh, prospecting for uh, for new companies or clients coming to your community. But when uh, you engage in other types of professional development activities, uh, it just there, there are a lot of doors open because they like to network too, and um, you know, talking about your community and, and the opportunities that you have sometimes uh, may yield great things uh, with, with other people you know, in, in the economic development field already. That's great advice. I completely agree with everything you just said. Um, are there any economic development resources that you'd recommend to the audience? Yeah, um, obviously the Texas Economic Development Council puts out a whole lot of really good information and, and they've started doing more um, training exercises, webinars, things like that, uh, add-ons to their conferences. That's, you know, a great resource because it, it's so close to home for those people who are in Texas that they really have a great read on what's happening legislatively and, you know, threats to uh, the work that we do. Um, so I, I, TEDC would be at the top of that list. We use consultants for, um, a lot of the stuff that we do in terms of determining trade area uh, populations and, and gap analysis and things like that. So uh, we use the retail coach for a lot of that work. Uh, we've enjoyed uh, our, our relatively new relationship with Impact Data Source. I mean, that's helped us immensely by, um, you know, not, not having us shift entirely away from the gut feel on projects, but it certainly helps with substantiation when we can look at economic impacts and fiscal impacts down the road and um, you know what makes sense from a standpoint of considering incentives or uh, support of projects. So uh, kudos to you guys for, for opening some of those doors for us. But um, I, I'm pretty uh, active in terms of my subscriptions to e-newsletters and things like that uh, just to kind of see what's going on around the state and, and projects that are successful and communities that are successful and uh, see what um, see what tips and tricks we can uh, we can employ in our own community so we're pretty open about um, resources and, uh, and borrowing uh, not reinventing the wheel we don't have to wonderful well and lastly Christian what is your favorite hobby I guess a hobby is defined as something you enjoy doing when you're not working. Um, and, and from that standpoint, I mean, that, that's work has uh, been so all consuming. I, our, uh, our two kids just left the, uh, the house. So we have a, a sophomore and a freshman in college. So we're officially empty nesters. So I think I'll maybe have some more time now to uh, try to craft a hobby or figure out what I like to do. But, um, I'd say it's, it's typical stuff, um, 
like uh, college sports and um, movies and music and playing in the yard, uh, that kind of stuff. And I think we'll need to add exploring the uh, the college communities where our kids are uh, it, to that list. Great. Well, thank you so, so much, Christian, for joining us today. Uh, you did a great job and you shared so much information. I'm so impressed with the amount of information we were able to chat about um, in our episode today. And I'm sure the whole audience has been enjoying listening as well. And uh, I really, really appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for having me. It's It's been fun and I uh, look forward to uh, hearing from uh, from more interviews in the future. Economic Development Secrets is brought to you by Impact Dashboard, the only impact software built for economic developers. For more information on this podcast or to listen to past episodes, check out www.impactdatasource.com.